this valley for Jesus. And as God walks us through that, that'll be taking place over the next few weeks. And, and really, really, as we walk through this year in the book of Acts, I believe that God is going to speak to each and every one of our hearts and our lives. Uh, he has a plan and a purpose. And, and I, I, I believe with all of my heart, we're living in a day today where God's spirit wants to move again upon his people, upon his church, that he would empower us to be witnesses of him. And as we dive in this morning uh, to Acts, uh, I want you to know over the last few weeks, we've just taken a look at the first 11 verses. Uh, Jesus told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father. It was the power that they needed, they desperately needed to be witnesses of the resurrection of Christ. Then he ascended, and as he ascended, uh, just before he ascended, he left us with a mission, and he commissioned us to go. He commissioned us with a mission to fulfill as God's people. And then as they were standing there gazing into the sky, uh, two angels appear, and as they appear, they say, what are you staring at? It's time to go. It's time to go. And he began to, to tell them, as Pastor Brian mentioned, all of our Acts books, we had uh, a couple hundred of them, and now this morning uh, they are all gone. And we'll make sure to get some more in. If you do not have one or would like one, uh, we'll make those available over the next few weeks as we walk through uh, this passage of Scripture. And today, uh, you know, really we see the Great Commission unfold, and he says, go, and then he says, wait. That could be confusing, right? Go into all the world, but first, go and wait. The title of my message today is The Prep Time. The Prep Time. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced a project or you've been in the kitchen cooking. Uh, there is some prep time that needs to take place in order to accomplish the task that you are setting out to accomplish. In order to cook a meal, there's some prep time. You've got to get your list of ingredients. You've got to go maybe to the store and get them. You've got to bring them back into the kitchen because I, I, I want you to know I know all about this. At least that's what I've been told. And then you, 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 you cut them all up and you prepare them and then you put them together in just the right way. You can see a recipe and go, oh, the cook time is only this, this long. But really, there's work that takes place before that can ever happen, before that meal might go into the oven, before it's put on the stovetop, before it is cooked or prepared. There's a process that needs to take place. Uh, just recently in our home, uh, one, anybody ever had something go wrong in your house? Okay. So we were there, and, and one of our, our toilets in the bathroom just continued to run. I guess the little flange or gasket or whatever that thing is must have gone bad, and so the, 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 it would just keep running, and then it would stop, and then it would run, and then it would stop. And so I had to kind of assess the situation with my incredible expertise on home management, and uh, I, I opened it up. I took a look at it. I realized what was wrong. Then I had to kind of, you know, you quick do a quick Google search, and you do a quick YouTube video and kind of watch what's going to happen here, what I need to do. Then I got in the store, or got in the car, I, I went to the store, and I, I walked through the aisles. I had no idea where, where to go. The guy took me to where it was, and there it was with all my choices, and you know, hey, well, what kind do you have? Uh-oh. 
Oh, boy. Uh, why don't I take both of those, and I'll bring back the one. <laughs> just, how many of you have ever grabbed everything you thought you might need? Oh, I see so many heads shaking right now. And then you kind of, you know, you put in use the one that you really need, and then you take back the ones that you didn't, didn't need. So, you know, I did that, and I, I fixed it. Until I didn't fix it. Later that, that day, all of a sudden, it was run, <laughs> running again. I said, that's it. I'm going to rip out all the stuff in here. I'm just put a whole new set in there. I go to the store. I pick up all the stuff. I go back. And then I find the part, and I see how the flange is put on. And I went, oh, I, I put it on wrong. I, I put it back on, click, click, boom. Now you can clap. Now I fixed it. Now it's fixed. It is whole. It is working. And, uh, and, and, and this all took place probably the last couple weeks. And uh, let, let me just say this. It took, in the prep time for this project, 200 times the amount of time that it took me to actually fix it. Three minutes is all it took to fix that. But all the prep, all the going, going to the store, getting the stuff, putting all that together. And, and I understand that, you know, we live in a society, come on, we don't, we don't want to wait for the prep. We don't want things done right now. We want things to happen in our lives. We're, we're looking for God to move and to do things. And, and as we embark upon this part of Acts, we notice that this is a very specific time that people are walking into a prep time. It is the preparation before the outpouring of the Spirit. Jesus was crucified. He was raised from the dead. He rose on the third day. He came back for about 40 days and he taught and, that, and, and taught the disciples and gave them incredible wisdom for what was to come. And then he ascended to heaven and he told them, I must go and you need to go and wait. Got some preparation that needs to happen in your hearts and in your lives before you actually go, before you go out. Let's pick up our story here in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. It says, then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, and this is very unique, about a Sabbath's day about a Sabbath day's journey away. Here they are, and they were told to go to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, and they're told to go to this place, but it's only a Sabbath's journey away. I want you to see the Mount of Olives right now. You, you'll see this picture of, of what we're talking about. You see this cemetery that's there on part of that mount. And, and, and the Lord tells him to go from the Mount of Olives back to Jerusalem about a Sabbath day journey. Now, according to the law uh, of that time, you could only travel so far from your house. This is about a 2,000 cubit, which would equal for us about three quarters of a mile. That's as far as you could travel on the Sabbath without breaking the law. And so here he's specific to tell them it's about a Sabbath day's journey that you will be able to travel and go. I need you to go to this place. And in the next verse, we see, and he says, and when they entered, 
they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Here, 11 disciples were a part of a greater number of about 120. And they packed into this room. And I have a picture of the upper room here for us to, to just kind of see what this room would have looked like. This is uh, where hundreds, if not thousands, well, thousands of people visit every single uh, However, there, this is on part of the, the tour that you can go in and see the room, the upper room, where it was located, and it was a second-story room, and, and in this room is where they, they met and they waited on the Holy Spirit. They waited as the Lord taught them and told them to go and to wait. Eleven disciples, they knew they needed this power. They knew they needed this in their lives. They denied Jesus at the crucifixion, remember this, he was denied at the crucifixion. None of them were lined up to be at the grave because he said, on the third day, I will rise. They weren't there waiting. Maybe they didn't believe. They probably thought there's no way. Or if we go there, we'll be seen as one of his followers. Maybe they'll put us to death. They weren't there that morning expecting the, the prediction to take place. They needed in this moment the power of God to be faithful. It says that there were 120 in one accord. What that means is, is that they were united and seeking the Lord for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In fact, they devoted themselves to prayer. I want you to know, if you're taking notes, if you're on the digital bulletin, if you're writing it down, you can, you can, you can see this there. Devotion to prayer precedes any great move of God, whether it's in a church, whether it's in a country, more importantly, whether it's in our lives. Do you want God's Spirit to move in your heart and in your life? Devotion to prayer is what the disciples encountered. It's what they walked through. In that moment, they were in that room, and they were devoted to one another. The Apostle Paul tells us in Colossians 4.2, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Be watchful and thankful. How many of you are thankful today? We, we sang that song, I, I thank God. I hope you can, I hope that just resonates in your heart today. I thank God for all that he has done. I thank God that he is still a miracle working God. I thank God that nothing is impossible through him. All things are possible. I thank God that he is with me. Prayer is not only laying out a request to God, but allowing God to speak to our hearts, to give us correction and direction for our lives. I firmly believe that in the process of prayer, we today, we need to learn what it really means to listen. Listening is a part of prayer. Listen to this. God gave you and I two ears, one mouth. Probably that's how we should use proportionately. We should listen twice as much as we. But boy, we like to 
right? Fill the, fill the space, fill the empty space with noise. Man, put the music on, make my requests, tell God all the things I need, bless all my family, do all the things, and we talk and we talk. That's great, that's awesome. I believe that in this day, they, they were there, and they were praying, they were seeking the Lord, but they were, had a moment there where they were waiting. And I think that today we need to learn the art of waiting in the presence of God, waiting for him to speak, waiting for him to answer in a way that we're listening and we lay ourselves before him. How important is prayer? We find at the end of chapter 2 that they were devoted to prayer. When threatened by the Sanhedrin, they prayed for boldness. When Peter was imprisoned, they prayed through the night. Unity in prayer describes the condition of these men and women which preceded the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was all preceded in a waiting, in the hearing, in the sensing, understanding. Maybe they didn't even know what they were asking for. They were just told to go to this room and wait, and they were waiting. I wonder what it was like. I, I always imagine and picture what that could have been like, what, what was happening in the room that before that took place. I believe that unity in prayer describes exactly the, what, what happened in that moment for everyone who was filled with the Spirit then, and really even those today who are filled with His Spirit, there's a sense of waiting, of listening, of hearing. Verse 15 says, in those days, Peter stood up among the brothers the company of persons was all was in all about 120 and said brothers the scripture had to be fulfilled which the holy spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of david concerning judas who became a guide to those he arrested jesus in this moment we don't see him telling them to do anything as the scripture had to be fulfilled, the, the, the prophet spoke to them. Jesus didn't tell them to do anything up until this point except for wait. What was Peter doing here in this moment, introducing this process to now replace Judas, who obviously had, had fallen. We'll hear his story. It talks a little bit about him. In fact, in verse 17, he tells us, for he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. He was one of the 12 in this moment, according to Matthew 19, 28, where it says, where Jesus told them there would be 12 thrones judging 12 tribes. And I can kind of see in their mind, we've lost one. We need to replace this. We've got to fulfill the scripture. And, and all of a sudden, this process begins to unfold. And I don't know if, if in this moment that if Peter, being Peter, is getting ahead of himself, he's kind of making this happen, or, or maybe he's lit thinking of this passage of Scripture that they had been taught before, and so, so he felt like in this moment he was going to step out. In verse 18 it says, Now this man acquired a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language, Akeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may his camp become desolate, and let there be no one to dwell in it. And let another 
take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become a witness to his resurrection. And so they put forward two. Joseph, called Barsabas, who was also called Justice, and Matthias. They put forth these two names. We don't know much about them. We haven't heard much about them prior, if, if any at all. We never hear about them after this. And, and this is very common in that day to think about Joseph, who was also called Barsabas, who was also called Justice. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, they had th- he had three names, and there he is. Maybe you've got some nicknames, you know. Maybe you've got two or three names. They know me as this. They know me as that. They have me you know, pegged, and and maybe you have a high school moniker that has stuck with you for years. Maybe your family has given you a name. Uh, Barsabas literally uh, means to honor the Sabbath, and it means actually son of the Sabbath. This could have been a family name, or it could have been because he was very zealous for the Sabbath. He also had a Roman name, which was Justice. And and here we see this this name, Matthias. Matthias, we don't know much about him except there's the possibility that he was one of the 70 that Jesus sent out. And, and there's the possibility, we don't know it for 100% sure because so many people had so many names, but Matthias was probably one of those who was sent out with the 70. So these are two men who have been all through the process from the beginning till this moment. They're in this room and their names are now brought before the body, 120 of them. And here they stand before this group of people and the Bible tells us in verse 24, and they prayed and said, you Lord, who know the hearts of all, Show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles." You know, I always try to put myself in their shoes. I, I always try to put myself in that situation. What were they experiencing in this moment? These two men who are in this room, the Lord told them to go and wait. Maybe they didn't even know exactly, which, what are we waiting for? There's a gift, there's a promise. Go and I will empower you. And here they are in the room and they're waiting. Peter stands up and says, I think we need to, we need to fill this empty void of what just took place. And, and now two men are brought forward and then they cast lots and the lot falls on Matthias. And all of a sudden, here in that moment, I put myself in, in their shoes. I've got to believe that Matthias felt validated. He felt, he felt like, wow, I'm being recognized for all the things that I have done and been a part of and all of those things. I, I've got to imagine uh, here what Barsabas, Judas, Barsabas, Justice must have been feeling a little bit like, oh man, missed it by that much. 
what could have been. I, I thought it was me. I, I thought it could have been me. I, I really was excited about this. I, man, this would have been so cool. He might have even been remembered. He is remembered by all of us because he's never mentioned again in the Scripture of what might have been or might, what might have happened, but it didn't happen. I don't know if you've ever experienced something in your life where you felt like something was yours. It was about to happen. It could have happened. Maybe it was that promotion. Maybe it was something at work. Maybe something in, in your home. You thought, man, this is going to be awesome. We're finally getting to a place where we're, we're standing on our feet and, and our finances are together. And then the toilet breaks. No, Then, then all of a sudden something breaks and, and something happens and, and this expenditure hits that you just didn't see coming. Whatever it is, we can put ourselves in his shoes, sometimes we've had those moments where we thought it was going to happen. We thought something was about to take place, and then it didn't happen. He was the runner-up. He was the runner-up in this situation. What's crazy is the guy who even got the lot casted on him. We never hear again about what takes place with these two men. See, so many times in our lives, we tend to focus on the victories. Sometimes we try to diminish the defeats. We try to downplay them, send them aside. Oh, when we don't succeed or something doesn't happen, it's quickly someone else's fault. It's, it's what someone else did. Those guys, I can't believe they didn't. They didn't even talk about it. They cast lots. How cheesy is that? They didn't even give me a chance. I didn't even get to plead my case. I didn't even get to whatever it was. And they, they, they just kind of cast it aside. In that moment, we tend to focus as people upon the victorious, as Lions fans, we've learned to measure success a little bit differently. We are victorious because we did not finish last. I know some of you are groaning because you wanted that number one pick. We've We've learned in that we are victorious. We actually beat the number one seeded team the last week of the season. It's the small victories. The meaningless victories there that they experienced. We won't mention who they beat. I don't want to cause a feud in my own house. Our eyes can see victory based on the circumstances that we are in. We can see not coming in last as a victory. Some can see coming in second as a defeat. It's really based on our perspective of who we are. I, I really hone in on these two men and their hearts and their lives and yielded to the Lord. One had the lot cast on them. One uh, didn't. And, and we're going to see as best as we can here their response. You see, there are always high achievers and those that accomplish and, and those who are the best and the brightest, maybe the winners or the, they come first in their class. Here is a very interesting quote. I don't have this quote on the screen. Just listen to this quote. Don't ever get drunk on this culture's need to measure success by selection. 
Selection is not always the only sign of success, but readiness is. It's really about being ready. David was not man's choice. He was God's choice. God sees us, and he sees our heart, and he sees us in our waiting. He sees us in our prep time. He puts us there for a reason and a moment for you and I to develop, our hearts to develop. All he calls for us is to be faithful and to be ready when the selection comes. Someone will always come in second place. And I want to draw your attention to justice because he had a choice in this moment. He could have gotten bitter, mad, left, said, this is ridiculous, I'm out of here, I can't believe I wasn't chosen. He could have gotten upset, I've seen it too many times, they didn't pick me for the part, they didn't pick me to lead, they didn't pick me to sing the solo, they actually did. They wanted you to sing solo that nobody else could hear you sing. But I didn't get picked, I didn't get chosen. They don't appreciate me. I want you to understand one of the keys to life. How you respond in life matters. How do you respond in the prep time matters. How you respond in the waiting matters. It matters. It matters. May our hearts be right. May they be true. Some have been so, uh, become so bitter with all authority in their life. Man, they, they question all authority. They question their boss. They question motives. They second guess every decision. We live in a world where it's very easy to tear down those who are in leadership, those who are, are above us. God calls us to pray and to be a church and a people who seek his face and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. I want you to know we live in a world that is desperate for men and women who are filled with the power and the presence of Almighty God to live as Jesus Christ called us to live and not allow the divisiveness of this world to affect us in any way, but to march victoriously because he is the one who has called us. He is the one who is leading us. I've seen it in church. I've, I've seen people who become bitter. They roam from church to church. You know, it's always someone else's problem. Someone else wronged them. Someone else sinned. Someone else did something or said something. Someone didn't handle it correctly. Someone else decided to do things in a, in a terrible manner, I want you to know your response to difficulty, your response to setback, your response to how someone else treats you, it matters. And something good can happen. So I encourage you today, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're encountering, today choose well. Choose well how you react to what is happening in your life. How do you respond to not being chosen? How do you respond to being overlooked? How do you respond to not getting picked? Maybe as these men were never mentioned again. Listen, Joseph, called Barsabas, also known as Justice, he continued to wait with the 120. He stayed in the room and he was baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit just like all the other disciples, all the others who were there. He was also given this incredible gift. I want you to know something. I pray if there's nothing else that you remember here from this message, know this. God is always at work doing more than we can imagine. 
We might not be able to see it with our own natural eye. We might not be able to see how he is working, how he is moving. I want you to know, God is always at work doing more than we can ever imagine. My question is this, do you trust him? Do you trust him to be seen by him? How are we seen by him? By waiting. How many were filled? All of them. Everyone say all. How many were there? There were about 120 in the room. How many were filled? All. All of them were filled. Could it be that how we respond when we don't get chosen, when things don't go our way, when things become difficult in this life, when we feel like we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting for the answer and the answer seems to never come, how do you respond? Will you continue to wait? Will you continue to seek? Will you continue to pray and ask God to do something in your life? Listen, your response determines what you experience later in life. Justice could have missed out on the greatest outpouring, the very first outpouring of the Holy Spirit if he picked up his toys and left the room. But he didn't. He chose to stay. He was there. These two characters in this Bible story, this this picture of the waiting, what's taking place in the upper room, we see a man who, two men who were there with them and it didn't matter who was picked and who wasn't. They were both there. He stayed. He was empowered. He was one of the first. He still prayed. He still sought him. He realized that he needed this power from on high and he waited and he prayed as he was instructed to because he realized what I hope that you and I realize today, that without him, we can do nothing. We can do nothing without him. We need him. We can do nothing without the presence of God in our lives, without him going before us, without him giving us victory, without him. We can do nothing. If we do, it's vain. It's in the flesh. It's, it might be successful for a moment, but when it's in him, something amazing happens. His presence is upon our lives, and he leads us through this life, and we begin to live our lives, and a legacy is born. All of a sudden, there's a legacy for our family, for our children, for the people we encounter, for the people we know. What you do matters. How you respond matters. It matters to God. He is looking. He is watching. He wants to pour his spirit out on a people who are hungry and thirsty. Will you wait? Will you pray? Will you say, God, here I am. We've, we've ended every service the last few weeks with this challenge. Would you pray and would you wait? Would you put yourself in a position to receive all that God has for you? I want you to know that in the world we live in today, obeying God is still always the right thing to do. Still the right thing to do. To obey Him. Let's never worry 
about not being recognized. Let's never worry about being picked. Let's not worry about our standing in life. Let's choose today to obey God. Where are you at in your life? Today is a great day to choose to obey God, to walk with Him, to live for Him, to allow Him to not just be your Savior, hello, but to be your Lord and Master as well. Many of us are content to have a Savior. How about we step into a relationship where he becomes our Savior and our Lord and our Master, and we lay our lives down and say, Father, use me, use me, use me. I'm here, I'm waiting. God, send me. He says, go, go, but first, wait. That's no fun to hear, is it? Let's go. No, let's wait. Before you go, I got something for you. Hurry up. Make it happen quick. That's me. I'm talking to myself. And I love to go. I like to move. I like to see things happen. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want it to happen right now, today. I'm probably, you know, if you take a look at, at Peter, he was, he was there and he was like, all right, let's get this taken care of. We've got 12, we got one man down. We need the next man up. We got a next guy on the team. Who are we pulling from the bench? We got to get him up here. And here they cast the lots and Matthias is chosen. I want you to know, if you're in this room and you've ever doubted that the Lord knows you, he knows you, he sees you, I want you to know that he has his eyes fixed on you today. He knows you. He knows your family. He knows your home. He knows the problems you're going through. He knows the things that you've never told anybody else because you didn't want anyone else to know. He knows and he's here for you. So I encourage you. We sang two songs today. You would not believe what he does for those who are obedient. We sang a song today. Title is The House of the Lord. I want you to know that it is incredible what he does for those who are obedient to him. As we sang this morning, he opens the prison doors. He parts the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. He hung upon that cross. Then he rose up from that grave. My God's still rolling stones away. Hallelujah. That is the God that you and I serve today. We sang another song titled Egypt. He said, you have torn apart the sea. You have led me through the deep. A cloud by day is a sign that you are with me. The fire by night is the guiding light to my feet. Because you found me, you freed me. You held back the waters for my release. You are the God who fights for me, Lord of every victory. Death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love. That's the God that we serve today. That's the God that is here today. That's the God who has his eyes fixed on you today, your life. So let's today again commit to do what he has instructed us to do. Would you join us and set aside time to pray, time to be still, time to listen. Go 
and wait on the Holy Spirit. Go and make yourself available to receive. Ask God to forgive you and let him be the author of your life. If you want God's favor, if you want God's favor in your life, if you want God's blessing upon your life, if you want God's hand upon your life, your family, your home, put yourself in a position every single day to wait on him, to hear his voice, to spend time with him. Worship team, would you please come? Would you make your way to this stage right now? Church all across this room, would you stand with me this morning as we close this service? Let's make our hearts ready. Let's make our hearts uh, in tune with him in this moment. As we close this service today, we're going to sing this song. And I pray that this moment would be a moment that you experience the power of God in your life like never before as we choose to wait, as we choose to experience him all across this room. I want you to look at me first of all right up here. Before we sing this, I don't know what's happening in your life in a room this size filled with this many people. I don't know what's happening in in your world. I don't know each and every one of your stories. I wish I did, but I don't. You may have walked into this place and you're hungry. You've walked into this place and maybe you're hurting. Maybe the things of life are just enveloping you. I don't know what you're walking through, but what I do know is God has prepared a moment like this to draw our hearts closer to Him. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is the greatest choice, decision, move you could ever make in your life. Does anybody in this room agree with me on that statement? That's the the best thing that you could do. And I encourage you in this moment, as we sing this song, if that's you, cry out to God in this moment. The Bible says all you have to do is ask him to come into your heart, ask him to come into your life. The Bible says in that moment, he will come and he will set you free. He will forgive you of your sin. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're in this room right now and you say, Pastor Kurt, that's me, pray for me. I need to get my life right with Jesus Christ. Come on, if that's you, slip your hand up right now all across this room. Yes, yeah, I'm looking up in the balcony. Yeah, awesome. Anyone else want to join these three? Yes, sir. I see it. Yep. Praise God. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord praise today, right now. Come on. Let's give him praise. Jesus, I speak to you who raised your hand. God has a plan and a purpose for you. He sees you. He knows you by name. And in this moment, he wants to come and flood your heart and your life. Church all across this room, would you just lift your hands towards heaven? Come on, let's just begin to cry out. Let's just for one minute, just for about three or four minutes here, let's put ourselves in a position to receive. Would you just lift your hands to him? Would you lift your hearts to the king? Father, we pray over these who just lifted their hands. God, I pray that you will touch them. God, I pray that you will save them. I pray that you will give their hearts a refreshing right now. And God, for those of us in this room who are standing in your presence, Lord, we are waiting. We are desiring for you to move. We're desiring for you 
you to have your way in this place. Yes, we're, having, we're excited to have you to have your way in this place, our hearts. God, we pray and we declare it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing this and let's worship him and let's make it our prayer this morning. God up in your presence And I just want to sit here at your feet God up in this holy moment I never want to
This would be uh, a song that we would continue to sing throughout this week. That there's nothing else that we want more than you, Lord God. God, that we would find areas even within our own lives, God. Search us and know us, God. And lead us in the way of everlasting. Show us areas in our lives that we may need to say, God, I'm sorry. And Lord God, we thank you for this word today, Lord God, the prep time. And so, God, we hear your word today, to practice before you play, to touch heaven before you try to change earth. And so, God, we do. We prepare to go. And we take this same anointing that is sitting here today, and it would be a shame to leave it here, God. We're going to take it to the world and love on our community. In Jesus' mighty name, everyone said, amen. We will see you next week at the Valley. Come on, grace. God bless you.